Thank you for tuning in again today to The Home Helper Show. The conversations we have week to week are meant to help you navigate the home purchase or home sale process, as well as just your home services needs. So if you own a home and you need a great referral to a plumber or to someone to take care of your cooling now in the spring or summer months, we're here to help introduce those people to you, introduce concepts to you, and to help walk you through that home ownership journey. Again, this podcast is all about people, places, and everything in between. Today, specifically, we're talking about the Home Purchasing Pathway System, which helps a buyer purchase with the greatest peace of mind through a realtor they trust. You must have a plan for your purchase, because here's the thing, if you don't, the alternative is that others have a plan for you instead, which might not be the best fit for your needs. Working with a professional ensures that you navigate the home buying process with discipline and direction. Those two things are critically important. Discipline keeps you on track and direction gets you to ultimately where you want to be from where you are today. This saves you time, energy, and money. In my business, I pour 100% of my efforts into working with clients and I'm dedicated to serving their needs before, during, and long after the sale. See, I look at the lifetime value of a client, not in terms of the money that it makes uh, by working together, but in terms of the value I can bring to that client throughout the lifetime of our relationship. When choosing a real estate professional, that's what you wanna look for. You wanna be on the lookout and be sure that that professional has a clear understanding of the purchasing process and a deliberate way of working from the moment of contact with you until after closing the transaction together. Here is a look at the 10-step purchasing pathway system I use in my business. My hope is that whether we're working together or you're listening to this a thousand miles away, you gain value from what I'm about to share and you can apply it to your own real estate purchase needs. Let's walk through this step by step. The following steps are a game plan for what to expect from the initial consultation all the way through the closing of the home. And instead of reading the 10 steps on the purchasing pathway system, I'm just going to walk you through it in a conversational format. And in the show notes is a link to a PDF with each of the 10 steps outlined for you. You can go ahead and download that, print it out, and use it as a reminder as necessary. The process begins with the initial appointment. That's the buyer consultation, as we often refer to it as. The purpose of this initial appointment or buyer consultation is to better understand your needs and wants as a buyer. This may be the most critical part of the home buying process. It ensures you have a clear vision of the home you want before you tour. This ensures your expectations and desired outcomes are matched appropriately. Here's why this is so important. According to Zillow's recent press release, 75% of recent home buyers have regrets about their new home. Here are a few highlights from that report. The top regret cited by recent buyers is purchasing a home that needs more work and maintenance than expected. So maybe not being thorough enough about the home during the home inspection or potentially uh, not being uh, as clear about the home they wanted in terms of style and condition before making the commitment. Nearly three-quarters of successful buyers wish they had done at least one thing differently during the transaction. Nearly 40% wish they had taken more time searching for a home or weighing their options. Most recent home shoppers faced a burner buyout, pausing their home search at least once during the process. And with ultra-low interest rates and plenty of cash in the system, it created an environment where there was greater demand 
than options available for a home buyer to choose from. And that created some buyer burnout where a buyer said, hey, this home's going 50, 75, 100,000 or more over. There might be 15 or 50 offers on a home. And that just kind of caused them to push the pause button for a moment. One way to remedy this though, is to buy in a less frenzy market. And that's kind of what we're moving into now. Uh, it's not going to be a major correction by any stretch of the imagination, but the whole point of the Fed's policy right now is to take some money out of the market and to kind of uh, relieve the pressure valve on some of these increased home prices and home values right now, which could ease. And so buying less, buying in a less frenzy market could ease buyer's remorse by giving would-be homeowners more time to weigh their options. But regardless of the market conditions, having a clear vision on a way to get to where you want to be from where you are now with your home purchase is essential. I get the question a lot, you know, when's a good time to buy? And what I tell people is really, look, the best time to buy is now. So long as you've got a a good savings account for when Murphy shows up and emergencies happen, because they're going to happen, and you have a solid down payment ready. So that way you can put that mortgage payment in a position where it's no more than 25% of your take-home pay. And so that way you're comfortable in the home. Uh, and if that's the case, then go ahead and purchase. Now, in a market like we've been in, where prices are up, that means that you might need to hold that home a little bit longer. So if you're looking to purchase and move in a year, it might not be the best decision for you. But if you're going to purchase and hold, and that's your home for the next 5, 7, or 10 years, then absolutely, over time, the average increase on that appreciation of the home is going to be 3% or more. Obviously, in recent years, we've been seeing double-digit appreciation. But you know, over time, you're going to see your home value appreciate, so long as you hold the home. Now, during the buyer's consultation, you'll discuss the purchasing parameters and review lending options if taking advantage of mortgage financing. When looking for a home, there are three criteria that every buyer uses to find their home. They are location, price, style, and condition. Now, these three criteria, along with the needs and wants, determine the properties you'll search for online and initially tour in person. And when looking for the right home, you're going to adjust any one of these three things. So location is determined by the town of choice, right? It's pretty simple. The price ultimately should allow you to meet all of your needs while potentially reconsidering some of the wants. Style refers to the type of the property, meaning a ranch is a one-level home typically, a ranch rambler, or a colonial may have, you know, center hole colonial might have the steps right there when you first walk in, a little bit of a foyer and so forth. A Cape Cod, that's kind of the post-World War II home where, um, and the style was, it really was a bedroom on the first floor, and the upstairs may have had a bedroom or two on the left or right. You might kind of have that slope ceiling up top. And of course, there's split levels, bi-levels, all different types of styles of home. And you might be drawn to one or another, the style. And then the condition is just, what's the quality of the home? How well has it been cared for? And when was it last updated? Shifting any one of these criteria helps you to determine the purchasing parameters. Most real estate professionals and their clients focus on the price. You know, here's the price. Let me set you up with a search criteria. You'll automatically get results. It'll be within this price range. And they totally just kind of blank on the style or condition. And those are critically important because ultimately that's going to determine whether or not you're happy with the home, whether or not the home is in a price range that you're in a position to afford right now. And if you've got a little bit of extra cash in the bank, you might choose to lower the condition of the home in terms of how well it's been cared for and the work that's needed because you're going to do some of the work yourself. Maybe uh, look for a little bit of a discount up front. 
Now, equipped with these needs and wants, as well as the price, location, style, and condition, as uh, you're going to go ahead now and start to acquire that pre-approval. Now, there's a great blog post on the difference between a pre-qualification and pre-approval, and I recommend that you check it out. I'll also include that in the show notes as well. It's a quick three-minute read, and you know maybe we'll do a podcast on that too, so you can kind of pop that in your ear if you're not in the mood to go ahead and pull that up. But the pre-approval is very, very important. Basically, without a pre-approval, it's like driving a car without a license. You know how to drive the car. You're old enough to do so. You're likely not to have an accident, but you don't have permission to do it yet. A pre-approval creates an opportunity for you to not just understand what you qualify for, but ultimately decide what you can want to afford. Just because you're approved to buy a house up to $500,000 doesn't mean you need, that you need to or that you might want to. But it's critical to understand this because it in, and have this in hand because it conveys to the seller the seriousness of your offer because it's backed by a commitment of funds. See, without that pre-approval, you're not backed by a true commitment of funds. We're, we're going to be plugging in a few things after you've selected the home to get the approval, which is the address of the home, you know, the taxes and the insurance and, you know, some of those details to get that approval and it's eventually get to closing. But right before that approval is the pre-approval and that's critical. Notwithstanding those last final pieces, the bank is essentially saying you're good to go. This greatly enhances your negotiating position, especially in a competitive market. Now it's time to head out to view homes. When you're clear on the needs and wants, the price, location, style, condition, you've got that pre-approval in hand, you're good to go. The process of viewing homes provides you with information in order to make the best decision possible. Helping you find the home is a process of elimination, not a process of selection. A lot of people think of it as, let me select the home that's best for me. And I like to just kind of coach you up and say, try to eliminate the options you're not happy with. If you're not happy with a bi-level style home for whatever reason, then go ahead and take those off the list. It's going to just help to shorten those home tours you go on. Another great strategy in terms of a process of elimination is to conduct drive-bys. Uh, with your real estate professional of choice. So they may send you a list of homes on a regular basis or daily or weekly, whatever your home search criteria and rhythm looks like. Go ahead and select the homes off that list that you're most interested in and then drive by them. Where, How far is the local gas station? How far is the local uh, shop for buying food? You know, where, where is the nearest Target, you know? Who doesn't love going to Target? Just how far is it? And, and uh, you know, what other options are available for entertainment and so so forth in the area. Go ahead and take that drive and see past the home and then map out those nearby locations and see how it looks and feels to you. Now, viewing homes you don't like is not a waste of time. It helps you build a frame of reference to guide you towards what you do like. When you find the home you like, it's time to write the contract. The best way to prepare for the contract phase of a transaction is to review a blank copy of the purchase agreement beforehand. This is just going to help you be more comfortable as you head into the negotiation phase. So just kind of take care of those basics first. With the contract accepted, it's time to deposit the earnest monies. And there's usually a window to do that. And there's also a window that's overlapping with the earnest monies to have your home inspection. And that's going to be what we talk about in just a moment. But an earnest money deposit is the best way of communicating to the seller that you're serious about purchasing the property. Earnest money is kept in a safe trust account, and those funds are put towards closing at the end of the transaction. But before you can move to close, it's important to host that home inspection. The inspection will allow you and the inspector you hire to have a more thorough and in-depth look at the property. This inspection will give you a 
far greater understanding of the home you're about to purchase. And if need be, you'll have a chance to address any concerns with the seller before you move to execute the closing documents. Now, once the contract is accepted, the home inspection clause is closed out and you've conducted the final walkthrough, traditionally on the day of closing, just the morning of if you're closing that afternoon, uh, you're, going to be go at, you're going to be ready to close the home and have the keys delivered. But just a quick note on this final walkthrough. It's not a reinspection of the home. It's just to walk in and make sure if there's a property being conveyed with the house, that it's conveyed with the house and that the house or home is in or property is in the condition that it was expected to be to be in. Now, with the closing documents executed and the keys in hand, you're officially ready to claim home ownership. Now, just to recap briefly, here are the 10 steps in order. One, initial appointment. Two, determine the purchasing parameters. We talked about location, price, style, condition. Three, acquire the pre-approval. Four, view homes. Five, write the contract. Six, deposit earnest monies. Seven, perform the home inspection. Eight, conduct a final walkthrough. Nine, execute the closing documents. Ten, home delivery. That's when you get the keys. My wife and I followed these 10 steps when we were purchasing our home. And here's the thing, though. It, we weren't actually in the same state when we purchased our home uh, because it was the height of the pandemic and we had moved to be with family. We had two kids, a third on the way, and full-time jobs, and all the schools were closed. But we had a trusted real estate professional in our corner, and I'm licensed, but at the time I wasn't actively practicing. And I wasn't even in the state anyway, so it wouldn't have been possible to really see the home and purchase it if I wanted to. But we hadn't seen it. The real estate professional took us through the home, and on FaceTime, I had a lot of trust in him and ultimately put the offer in and acquired the home. The first time we saw it was pretty much the home inspection. But we followed steps. We had our initial appointment and buyer's consultation. We determined our purchasing parameters. We were clear on the style and condition that we wanted. We had the pre-approval in hand, and we had viewed some homes with uh, the, the gentleman before we went ahead and closed. And then when it came time to write the contract, I had been familiar with them. We were clear on how to deposit our earnest monies. We had a home inspection despite a lot of other buyers wa uh, waiving it at that time. We said, it's just not something we're going to waive. Now, we're happy to set parameters around it, around what we can and can't ask for, maybe a threshold, anything under $1,500 we're not going to ask, or anything that accumulates to less than X amount of dollars we won't bring up, those kind of things. But we felt it was important that if we're putting these deposit monies down, that we protect them, and that we're clear to the sellers we're happy to purchase it, but we do have our limitations. If there was something major that came up or something that was a grave concern. We had that final walkthrough on the day of closing as well and ultimately landed in a home that we love in a community that we couldn't be happier to be in. And so what the steps look like are going to be different for everyone. That's the point of the story. It's not going to be the same one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten for you as it was for me and for me as it was for many of my clients. It looks and feels a little bit different. You may get hung up on one step longer than another and that's okay. But having a clear understanding of where you're going to go of just running the system is critical. It's gonna save you time, energy, and money throughout your home purchasing process. Well, thanks so much for tuning in today and joining us on this conversation about the home purchasing pathway system.